Alright guys, hello and welcome to the State of Sport Fishing. This is going to be episode 6. My name is Chase Nieder. Today we're joined by Skipjack, Leo Chapman, and special guest Nick Carullo. Leo, take it away. So today we have uh, Nick, for those who do not know, you know, competitive self-fisherman, captain in the whole Quest for the Quest Selfish series, and now also runs 70 Foot Spencer. Um, I personally met Nick when we just just started billfish gear I, th I think at the time you were mate for the hellraiser right nick yeah yep yeah that's kind of when we started talking um you helped us out when we were just a flex fit hat brand the guy just getting out and uh yeah since then we've always been buddies and 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 we've both grown together uh, proud to call you also co-owner of billfish gear so uh that's it for nick so nick tell us man you just won just won the quest for the quest again <laughs> what was that like that's what three out of four for the last four years three out of four damn that's crazy you know they're, call you know they're calling you the tom brady of sport fishing right or sail fishing is that like <laughs> i guess that's the rumor <laughs> i saw that sorry i saw that picture i was like oh my god this is awesome so, how, so how, how did you get into fishing nick Oh man, my dad, you know, little kid fishing in the canals, uh, fishing for bass, tilapia, anything I could do. I mean, walking. And, I was, and, how, and how did that go from doing that to then going like offshore doing the tournament circuit and all that? Uh, just slowly with my dad, we, you know, we got a little 21 contender when I was a kid and started out, I'd say yellow tailing was probably like my first like real love and passion for saltwater and you know catching the biggest yellowtail then black grouper and then that just led to kind of a transition you know when we'd be out there i'd see big boats when i was a kid flying kites and then instantly i was like all right that's that's what i want to do i was like those guys are those guys are the best i want to i want to be like those guys and uh just kind of went from there me and my dad just our 21 contender putting up kites and uh, uh how it started and then luckily uh at a young age i started working for ray rocher and then kind of where sharpen sharpen my skills so you went from just fishing with your dad and how did you get your job with ray rocher just apply via email or was it just uh, no i ran into him at a tournament uh, and i asked him if he was hiring and uh he told me he wasn't hiring at the moment and uh he said that he would you know give me a call if anything opened up and then he called me about i don't know maybe two or three months later he called me and said hey you know you still want that job and i was like yeah of course and uh kind of took it from there <laughs> you went from trying to be like those guys out there kite fishing to everybody wanting to be like you now it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you man and everybody's and dream what was that like, like meeting for Ray Rocher? Like, how long were you were you with him? Uh, no, that was like a dream. You know, I've obviously growing up in Miami and kite fishing. You know, I always knew who Ray was. You know, he was talking at all the, you know, the shows. Um, you know, walking the charter dock as a kid, seeing him come up with come home. You know, back to Monty's with a bunch of flags and 
I was like, man, it's, it was always a dream. I, you know, I never really thought it would happen. I was like, man, I just, hopefully I could get a chance to fish with him one day. And when I got the chance, you know, I just, you know, I ran with it. You know, I just was a sponge. You know, it wasn't easy. Uh, I mean, it was hard. He, um, you know, he taught me, every, you know, I'd say he taught me almost everything I know. Um, I mean, he was tough on me. Um and yeah, we jumped right into tournaments and, you know, we started winning pretty quickly with him. He was, he was the guy. I mean, he still is the guy. I mean, he's always a threat. So, so you know, over the last four years, you know, I think we got to ask the question that everybody wants to know, especially after seeing the videos this year, how far into the tournament do you lose your voice? Oh man, <laughs> pretty quick. I'd say I'm still recovering my voice. I mean, on the second day of uh, this past tournament, I mean, it was starting to go, I'd say, pretty early in the day. Um, we were fortunate to get a bunch of multiples, and uh, yeah, by the end of the day, I was shot. I mean, the day after the tournament, I mean, there was nothing. I'd open my mouth and nothing came out. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of intensity is is awesome, though. That's, I mean, I watched the video. I was like, damn, he's fucking, he's getting on him. And how, were you, did you always have that intensity with you? Was was it was it developed throughout the years? No, it's it's kind of always was with me. I mean, even just fishing with my dad when I was a kid, my dad was like, "You're crazy!" Like I don't. He's like, "I'm out here just having trying to have a good time, and you're screaming." I'm screaming at my dad for losing an eight pound dolphin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's I mean, whatever the fish is, I mean, if it's a if it's a gaffer, mahi, or kingfish, or whatever, I mean, it's to me, it's like I treat every fish like it's a tournament fish, you know? Hmm. Even on your fun days? What's that? I said even on your fun days, you try to treat it a little more towards the tournament. Yeah, I mean, even on my fun I'm still, I mean, the guys that fish with me know I'm pretty intense, man. I don't really, I try to capitalize on every opportunity, and I still get pretty upset if, even on a fun fish day, if, you know, we raise a quad and we catch one you know i'm still gonna yell at my guys i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be like hey guys you know it's well better luck next time how does that go <laughs> how does that go when you know i know you guys had pretty much what was it two teams combined in the one kind of you know how does it go with you know having the remix guys and the showtime guys as well is like everybody super understanding or like i mean i'm sure no we're me and jace i fished with jc for 13 years or something now me and jc have fished together i mean when i work with ray jc would come kind of fish with us during tournaments so that's is that I how work. you guys met through through that's how Chris i Britt? met okay. yeah jc yeah ray brought him as like a you know as a third mate with like me and jeffrey and uh that's when i met jc and then um you know jc was running a bunch of boats back then and you know whenever i wasn't fishing with ray i'll be fishing with jc so that's kind of me and jc just always uh you know we started together a long time and we just always we you know we fish really well together you know i'm i'm the vocal one but he's the calm cool collective one and you know he's we have a good dynamic so so give us a quick sorry to interrupt your question chase about the the fishing with you know both remix and and showtime but can you give us like a really quick summary of kind of how you went from mating on ray roche's boat to now running the temptress like 
which boats were involved in that process? How did that, that time span, what was it like? Um, well, so after Ray Rocher, um, I, uh, when I parted ways with Ray, uh, which wasn't easy, uh, me and Jeffrey, uh, we, uh, we ran a boat called the High Standards, uh, 42 Yellowfin, and uh, we, with Frankie Viasante, who still fishes with me today, um, his dad got us the boat and kind of, you know, we were, you know, we were young and really, you know, I guess, I don't know, lucky. I mean, we, we did well for ourselves at such a young age and just able to compete. And that's kind of really where I'd say we kind of got our, at least, you know, my foot down and, you know, people started to at least know, you know, who we were. And then when that team kind of uh, came to an end, uh, I started running a boat called the Rockstar. Uh, and did, had some had some good tournaments with them. Um, and then after the Rockstar, after a couple years of that, that's when I kind of, I took a like a two year break. Um, I was in California for a little bit, and then when I came back, uh, started fishing on the Hellraiser and the Priceless, and I was fishing with them when I first started again, and then that led to fishing, running the the Freebird, uh, and that's when we won our first jacket uh, with the Quest, and then from the Freebird. I went to Showtime and then all that. So how many jackets do you have now total? <laughs> Three. And which Fair years enough. did you win? Just, it was... Uh, 2018, 19, and 21. Gotcha. gotcha. And then crazy. they handed out they handed out the 2020 this year too, right? Kind of like... 2020, they... yeah. Far South, Raul. Yep. Shout out, Raul. Yeah, they had, they had a great 2020. Uh season i mean it, it kind of you know sucks for them that they, they didn't really get to enjoy it because of covid but at least you know they still got the jacket and you know jamie made a you know they still got the awarded last week so i'm happy for them oh yeah i got a question for you how old were you when you first started running boats like in tournaments uh well the high standards i was uh like 22 okay I'm like 20. You guys did fairly well in those tournaments. Yeah, we did. We did well. You know, we we didn't get the shots like a lot of those other boats did, but we were just a bunch of young kids and we were super focused. And, you know, we just didn't, I'm not going to say we didn't miss, but, you know, our ratio was really good. I mean, and, you know, that just kept us, you know, I'd say in the top 10 in a lot of tournaments. You know, we, uh, I wouldn't say we were winning tournaments, but I'd say we, you know, won some dailies. And, uh, you know, we we're definitely pissing some people off, I would say. So then if you guys had a good crew where you were going, you know, say 100% sometimes or most of the time even, what do you think made you as good as you are now? You know, you were 22 and you were still doing pretty well. What made what, what details do you think you put in to learning to what got you to the top? And just, you know, it starts with the small things, you know, it starts with the bait the bait prep, um, and just, you know, being out there too, you know, the more you're out there, you know, the more you're going to really know what's going on. You know, it's, it's, it's not, 
it's not as easy for somebody that just hops out there, you know, a day before a big tournament, you know, not saying they're not going to do well, but you just, in my opinion, you don't, you don't really have the same advantage. I would say is someone that's out there. You kind of find that pattern, what those fish are doing. You know, find a pattern and, you know, that's, that's part of, like I said, into, it just goes into the, to the bait, you know, just how you, you know, how you do every, how you do one thing, how you do everything, man. It just goes, it's just hard work, man. And, um, man, you just, I don't know. You got to want it, man. You know, some, I think some people, uh, you know, they do it because, you know, they enjoy it. But I think there's, you know, a lot of us out there that, you know, this is, it's their passion and they live for it. I mean, that's, that's how I am. And it's, I treat it like when I'm out there for a tournament to me, it's like the Super Bowl. you know, it's there's no place I'd rather be in the world. You know, it's, it's like, and I have, we, one of our teammates is Doug McAvich. You know, he played major league baseball and, uh, he played in a world series. I mean, he's a, a great baseball player. He's played with Derek Jeter. I mean, every, he's played with everybody. And I remember one day he told me when we, um, on the free bird, when we won, he's like, he's like, I just want you to know, man. He's like, he's like how you feel and how you are. He's like, and he's like how I feel. He's like, that's the same feeling I got when I played in the world series. That's bad. So it's like, you know, that's special, man, because it's, to me, that's what it is. You know, it's I believe just it. because our sport isn't on ESPN doesn't mean it's it's not as big as another sport. You know, absolutely. I mean, it's something you've always wanted. I'm sure. You know, oh, growing yeah. up doing it, looking up to all those guys. I know you probably wanted it more than anybody. Yeah, man. Skipjack, your question sure. kind of brings me to one. You've gone from the CV to the Invincible to the new release boat. You know. And you've been successful with all of those. So what kind of like factors and stuff that you do, you know, everyone's like, oh, inboards are harder to go with than, uh, inboards are harder to roll with than center consoles and so on and so forth. What do you attribute as the key factors to you being able to be successful with each different type of boot? Um, I mean, the center console, uh, just you know, the the fish ability on you know a center console is it really is uh it's, it's to me it's a special machine. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I you know you know they both have their advantages, um, but just you know being able to fish you know fight the fish off the bow and then still have your baits perfectly off the back it, to me is an advantage and especially that release this past weekend you know the first time fishing it you know obviously you know i was a little skeptical at first obviously fishing a brand new boat uh but just having that big boat feel you know combined with the center console to me that is like the ultimate platform um that release is a i mean that that's a special Selfish boat, I'll tell you that. I mean, it's a it's a great you rig. Believe in things like, but. like for example, I know that there's like cons- I wouldn't say conspiracies, but you, you some people like would say that a sea keeper, for example, helps keeps the the bait swim better because the boat rocks less, right? I know it. That bait fishing that's like a real thing because because the baits are chilled from the riggers. You, you know, it it has 
is that do you have things like that where you compare a center console to a, to the release that you're on right now where you say like oh having the water maker on you know um, creates the vibration that a center console doesn't have because they don't have a water maker do you feel any type of like stuff like that or no mm, I, mean, i do have you know obviously I, i do think i mean i do think some boats get bit i mean I, i really do think some boats do get bit more than other boats uh but not saying that you know that's still at the end of the day when it's when it's your day it's your day you know i mean some boats are you know everybody everybody's gonna get their shots as well you know i mean don't get me wrong there's gonna be days when a couple boats really are just gonna get way more bites than everybody else but you know there's some tournaments when you talk that you know you talk to every single boat and everybody had the same amount of shots you know and that's just when it comes down to you know who who went 90% who went 95% you know those are the guys that you see at the top of the leaderboard you know i mean it's not guys, rare to see what did you guys end up in this tournament like how many shots oh, did man. you guys have oh yeah so we got uh 21 i mean uh i mean we missed a We we missed a lot more fish than we normally do. I mean, I, I would say, for the most part, we we really have a great percentage. Our guys, uh, I mean, they're really on it, and I'm super thankful for them staying focused. Uh, but this past tournament, we had a ton. That second day, I mean, we were, I mean, at least 15 for 26, maybe more, uh, but. You know, we had a lot of just bad luck. You know, fish jumping on other fish, fish burning each other off. You know, releasing a fish, that fish swimming into the main line of another fish, breaking that fish off. Um, you know, just a ton of just bad luck. You know, and but you know that's how it goes, especially when you're gonna when the fishing's good like that, it's gonna happen. So you just gotta. You just got to keep going and make the make you know make the most of it. Yeah, the chaos will throw you off sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just got to you know fight through it and you know just you know that's when you got to kind of keep everybody under control and hey hey guys don't worry you know get them back out we're gonna get bit again and it, you know that's kind of what happened for us that last day. That's when it's kind of crucial to have someone like JC who's the calm, cool, collected one down there, kind of Zeke keep his head in it and doing all that kind of stuff and just leveling everybody out i'm assuming he's your level kind of guy yeah him kyle kyle what's really your what's your crew like? like i don't want like obviously you're the captain of the team but everyone in the team plays a role and i don't want to keep every i don't know obviously you're the captain but i want everyone yeah. to also have their the respect and spot they deserve so what's the team showtime like what does everyone do what's e what's each person's role Uh, yeah, so Kyle, uh, he's on the right side with Frankie. Frankie's the angler on the right side. Um, and then JC's, you know, JC's on the left side, but, you know, he's, you know, he's up and down a lot. So, I mean, most of the time he, he'll be up with me, but, you know, when he needs to go down, I mean, and JC leaders all the fish as well. Um, but he's, you know, up top with me a lot. You know, uh, Corzo, he's, uh, He's a guy that keeps our tackle, you know, super tight, man. He uh, does, you know, amazing job at that. You know, rods break off. Rods need to be stripped during a tournament. I mean, he's he's on it. I, don't, I really don't even have to tell him. 
Um, Sarah's working the left side uh, with Joe. And uh, we have Jason Spiewak as our camera guy, which, you know, Jason's amazing. I don't even have ever have to really know if he has fish confirmation. He lets me know, uh, you know, for everything with that. So, um, and then Doug, Doug's on the flat line. And, uh, you know, he does a great job at that. You know, if I'm pushing ahead, he's putting a bait out the back. You know, we're, we're throwing on another fish that's hooked up. So, you know, it's a... Uh, a good it's a good uh good machine everybody how much of an advantage do you think having that you, when you're driving the boat and you got the kite baits out and you're making your power drift are you kind of keeping the flatline guy able to be able to keep the bait going out are you kind of trying to help out the flatline guy or are you more worried about the kites oh yeah i mean yeah there are certain scenarios where the flatline is kind of out of play i would say you know there's just sometimes when you're you're pushing and you really can't get the flat line in position where you want it. But, you know, when I do have the chance and I'm in the depth where I want to be, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm on the edge I want to be on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I'm definitely looking at him to make sure I'm trying to get that flat line in a good position where it's, where, you know, it's fishing and not just, you know, sitting in the prop wash or, you know, sitting under the boat somewhere yeah. weird, you know, I mean, being, you know, that's definitely part of, you know, kind of being aware as a captain too is, you know, if we're putting baits out, you know, you're you're pushing the boat a little bit to help push the baits back behind the boat. You're not just keeping the boat dead in the water and then the baits are swimming into the engines and they're popping out of the clips and, you know, things like that, you know, and you're not helping your guys. Absolutely. That, so, I mean, winning as much as you guys have, <clears throat> there's got to be ones that stand out. So, for you guys, which ones kind of stand out the most? You know, like, you know, the first tournament this year, you guys won it. You went eight for eight, you know, over two days. I think it was eight for eight, right? Yeah, eight for eight. You know, and and that was really tough fishing. You know, we were fishing, <laughs> we were fishing the tournament at the same time, and it seemed like the deadbeat guys were getting, you know, just as many bites as you guys were, and you know that almost never happens. Um. But what kind of stands out? You know, which which ones were like, oh, that was that was a big win for us, or already buzzer buzzer know. beaters. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that first one this year. I mean, obviously, the first one of the year is a big one, you know, because that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season. Um, and in the in the past, when we have you know won the whole series, we never won the first one. Um, so winning the first one is definitely, it's, you know, it feels good. I mean, it takes a lot of pressure off because, you know, even if you don't do well in the second one, you know, you still have the third one to kind of, you know, make up for it. And then it also gives you, you know, just, it gives you a little confidence where you just need a, don't go for a home run, you know, you know, fish with the pack and, you know, just, you know, try to just do well, you know, just compete, you know, don't necessarily go out there thinking, all right, I have to win this tournament, even though of course you want to win, but you want to, when you're like really focused on winning the jacket, uh, you know, which I've been is, you know, I just, sometimes I tell myself, it's just, just don't worry about winning a daily, you know, just compete, you know, fish, fish with, you know, fish next, you know, keep, stay in striking distance with, 
you know, Louis, Wees Keys, Native Son, Bar South, you know, stay, you know, you don't have to be on top of them, but you just want to stay, you know, close behind them, you know, so then when the next tournament comes, you're like, all right, we just got to do this, and, you know, that's what you do, you know, so that first tournament was a big one, um, and obviously ending <laughs> with a good one as well is always uh that last one was good, good one, huh, you know? Nick? I saw you guys on the last day. I just came out swinging. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely not. I mean, we were. I want to say we were out of it on the first day, but we were, we were, you know, a little bit behind. And I know, uh, I know, we needed a big day. And uh, you know, Tito, Tito was down at uh, Ocean Reef. He had a great first day. Uh, I know the pack was going to stay up off Miami, so it was a real, you know, it was a real torn decision, you know, that, that we made, you know, me and JC and wasn't easy to go down the ocean reef. Obviously it worked in our favor. Um, especially I did it in the Jimmy Johnson on the, on the temptress. It didn't work out for us. So, you know, that's how it goes. Everyone, I mean, every once in a while you have those decisions and you're like, oh man, you know, I can go down here or for us fishing out of Ocean City, you know, in, in the White Marlin Open, you always get the guys who are like, oh, we're never going to go outside of a, a hundred fathoms. We're going to stay inside and try and catch, you know, one big one. And then you're getting those guys who are getting 19 and 20 bites out there, but they're all 50, 60 pound fish. And, you know, those, and then you're like, ah, oh, where do we go? And one year it comes out of those guys getting the multiple bites, and then the next year it's the guy who stayed in got four bites a day, and grounded out in a hundred fathoms. So, I mean, there's so much respect that has to go out to those guys who are like, you know, you make that right call, and so it's hit or miss, you know. But when you do hit, it's like it's a good feeling. So I'm sure you guys were pumped. Yeah, it definitely is a good feeling. I mean, that second day. Kyle said to me uh, before the tournament started, he's like, if you get me a right short, right short bite to start the day, it's going to be, it's going to be the indicator bite to get the day going. And uh, like five minutes before lines in, I saw a free jumper set up on it. And then right when they said lines in, I mean, lines in, it popped up right short. And Kyle looked up at me and it's like, it's on. <laughs> like, We're going to go. And, oh, and that's awesome. so Nick, looking back kind of where you've, how far you've come to boats you've been on um now running a 70 foot spencer transitioning from that whole silver series to now traveling around doing that bait marlin stuff what advice would you have like for for young guys trying to get in the industry we talk about it a lot because it's an interesting topic to hear people think like what would you recommend a guy like for example brian who fished with you guys who's 16 years old i had the pleasure of talking to him too awesome kid what advice would you have for someone like Brian, who's, you know, 16, 15 year old and, you know, wants to start sail fishing off of Miami or South Florida, wants to get in that world? Like, what would you, what advice would you have for someone like that? Um, they just, you know, you got to be, you got to, you know, you got to want it. You got to go out there and you got to ask boats, you know, any boat. It doesn't matter really who it is, but you got to go out there and, like, when I did when I was young, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have, the connection i would say like you know my dad you know my dad was just like a, a weekend warrior i would say you know my dad you know it's not like my dad knew any big charter guys or he's like hey nick i got so and so go fish with him you know my dad 
that wasn't him. So for me, you know, it was going on the docks and just asking. And, you know, people would be like, no, like, who are you? Like, have, they're like, oh, have you ever fished before? I was like, yeah, I fish with my dad all the time. They're like, well, have you ever, have you ever charter fish? Have you ever tournament fish? I was like, no. And, you know, I mean, 10, 10 boats I asked when I was a kid, you know, told me to, you know, half off, you know? And, um, and I just, you know, I stayed after it. I, when I was going to college, I was up in Palm Beach and I would go all to Sailfish Marina and, you know, the same thing. I'd go ask, hey, hey, you need a mate? You know, I'll go for this. Uh, you know, I'll go for nothing. I just want to learn. So, you know, that's my advice for young kids is, you know, you got to, you got to be hungry and you got to just go out there and ask and you can't be, you can't be expected to get paid too. That's like another thing I think kids are maybe getting a little spoiled with these days is, you know, they want to come and then they're like, Oh, I, you know, I want 200 bucks a day. <laughs> you're not bucks a day, kid. Like if you want to learn and you want to come out here and fish with us, you're going to want, you just, you're going to want to be out here and you're going to want to learn. Like, like that's, that's what it takes. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, Brian has done and, you know, I've seen a ton of, uh, you know, good things from Brian, you know, he definitely hasn't fished for that long. Uh, he didn't know that much at all when he started, but he's come a long way and, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta want to learn. You gotta be able to take, you know, yelling from me, from JC, from Kyle, I mean, from anybody that you're going to fish with. They're going to give you shit. So you got to be able to just take it and not get bent out of shape when they yell at you. Because, I mean, I can tell you Ray Rocher, I mean, he a couple times would just whip me. I mean, just not not fun, you know, but that's the way it goes. And that's what makes you, you know, that's what, you know, develops your skills and you learn from it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's my advice to... Uh, for the young guys out there, you know, get out there and, you know, you just got to fish and learn when you're out there. So what do you take something, take something every day, you know, figure out what you did that day, either what was bad, what you, what was good, what you did, what was bad, what you did and, uh, you know, learn from it. What do you, uh, what do you got planned for the temptress now? Like, what do you got oh, on man. the dogget for the summer? Yeah. You know, super, super excited. Uh, we're getting ready to leave here in, like, I guess, eight days. We're going to go fish the custom production, uh, custom shootout. And then uh, from there, we'll go to Long Island. Uh, fish there for, like, you know, five, six weeks. And then uh, we'll do, like, a little family trip in between there. And then hopefully the BVI opens. Uh We'll head down there, and if not, we'll just head back to DR. Nice. Yeah, we're I'm um, I'm supposed to head to uh, St. Thomas, hopefully. Uh, St. Yeah, Thomas and then DR, hopefully. But um, that's our plan as of now. But so yeah, I mean, I, I hope they they open, man. That's a special place. I want to go see them blue ones just fired up. I like oh, yeah. I like the Bahamas blue marlins, but the ones down there. Aggressive. I'm ready for it. Let's... I'll see you over there for the uh, so, custom yeah. shootout. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's that's that's definitely. Uh, this is like my next, uh, I guess. What, what, challenge what's your, what does your future you know? look like? Uh, like what you just mentioned, like, what's what's the future for yourself look like? Do you think? 
the goal. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I want to stay, keep staying competitive in the sailfish uh, circuit. Uh, but now, you know, really, uh, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta prove myself. I can, I know how to catch a blue marlin now. Uh, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of like, not saying, you know, obviously, sailfishing, I love. It's a always be a passion of mine, but you know, I'd say my focus now is really going towards you know blue marlin and learning and uh i got good guys around me uh obviously kyle and jeffrey lederman uh jeffrey is a he's a goat not many people talk about uh but he's a guy's a crusher so instagram is jeffrey yeah he'll be fishing with me so i'm super super stoked on that i got him and kyle so it's gonna be it's good. I'm excited. That's a that's a good squad right yeah, there. Kyle's a very good all around fisherman too. So I guess that's 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 kind of yeah. go now to our regular part. Nick, you can stay on if you want. We just kind of discuss about what what's going on in the industry right now, um, and just some regular other topics, you know. Um, and Skipjack, you just mentioned you're in Chuck K, right? So, um, yep. What are you doing there? Which what are you on right now? Um, I'm on that special situation boat now. Okay, the uh, okay. S78 FNS. <laughs> Came over here for. How, how are yeah, you liking that? I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it so far. I mean, you want to talk about a boat that rides out? I mean, it's unbelievable what this boat does. I mean, we were running in a five, six foot head sea coming back in from the tournament, and it was just unbelievable how fast we were passing by boats. I mean, we were doing 37 knots into a five, six foot head sea, and I'm standing in a cockpit. Um, and I'm sitting there trying not to laugh like a little kid because I'm looking up and all I can see is a spray going around the side of the boat and I'm bone dry in the cockpit, you know, unrigging bullets and stuff and seeing how fast we're going by boats. And it's just unbelievable how well that boat rides. It is wow. insane. Shout out to John Floyd, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I got I got a text from him. I got a text from Skipjack and he's like, He's like, man, I'm loving this. Running five foot seas, 37 knots. Fucking yeah, awesome. it's crazy. <laughs> I was, I was like, blown away. I was like, dude, I'm so happy for you. You know, just that's awesome. Yeah, dude. I wish the fishing was a little be better. Proud, that dude, tournament but... was pretty slow. The Chub K Invitational. Yeah, I think the Freebird yep, free won, won it. How, sure how, how was that? I saw a lot of boats were there right now. I saw a lot of boats fishing that tournament. Oh, yeah. Chub is packed. I mean, when the tournament was there, there wasn't a slip open. I mean, it was packed as packed gets. I was going past there, Nick. Uh, I don't think we're gonna stop. I think we're just gonna we're gonna go straight to uh, Boat Harbor. You gotta. I mean, right now it's not it's not that great, anyways. But I mean, yeah. the guys down in Cat, they're getting them right now. Yeah. So, might as well run down that direction. Be down there. Yeah, no, that's southern Southern Bahamas, man. It's gets good down there. That water down there is just, it's special. Like when you get down yeah, there and you a, see I, it for the first time, it's so. <laughs> I mean, I can't put it in the words. It's so blue. It's it's weird. I mean, it's electric for sure. It's wild to look at. I mean, I've heard people say that Bermuda nothing tops Bermuda, but I haven't been there yet, so I don't. I can't say anything about that. But I mean, that Southern Bahamas yeah. water is just awesome. Nick, when you were in the DR but, with the Temptress a few months ago, what was that like? Because that was the first time you were fishing there, right? So how did you kind of 
you guys did all, you guys did super great. What was the best that you guys had? Like fourteen Blue Mountain? Eleven. What was that like? Oh, this was your first time there. Like, how did you get familiar with the place? Uh, well, I had Jeffrey and Kyle with me, uh, as you know, in the pit, and they both have fished there a lot more than me. Um, and you know, they gave me a little, they gave me a rundown. Jeffrey told me to grab a pen and paper, write my fads down, what I marked on them, um, you know, which way the current was going, kind of take homework. Um, you know, I would say I didn't stay consistent with that as I went on, but it definitely helped me in the beginning, kind of just figure out a little bit of a pattern and which fads were holding fish, uh, which weren't. Uh, also, Shay uh, on the Marlin Darlin uh, definitely got me dialed in. He fished with us a bunch. I fished with him on his boat. Uh, had a sick day with him. Caught 15 blues, a white, and a sail uh, with him one day. Did you, uh, uh, did you have a sonar on the Temptress when you were down there? No, we didn't. So... Um, I'm definitely excited to do it this year with the with the sonar. It's, it, I think it's a game changer. I was talking to someone down there or at my boat today. He came to do some work, and uh, he was like, man, he's like, I went down there. I had zero bites off a of fad, and the dude next to me, he's like, I'm chasing one right now. And he'd go a mile away from the fad, and then he'd back up, catch his, come back to the fad, and then he'd be like, oh, I'm marking another one. He caught nine right beside us. But he could see him and follow him, and we couldn't. You know, and yeah. that's, I think that's going to be a game changer for you guys. I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys can do with it. Yeah, I'm excited for sure. I mean, Shay, Shay taught me a lot when, you know, when I fished with him, he's got it pretty dialed in. And like you said, just, just like that, I mean, you know, boats are working a fad and you just go off on your own direction and, you know, the other boats that don't have it, you know, they they don't know what you see and, you know, Shay follows Falls a fish 300 yards off the fat and you know you raise four of them you know it's ridiculous yeah Dominican. when you're uh when you're going to a new destination like that like when you're going to dr or somewhere you haven't been yet you know for a mate you know you know what you got to rig you know what you got to be pulling but for your captains i feel like it's it's a lot more legwork to figure it out so what are kind of the steps that you're taking when you're going you know somewhere you haven't been before as a captain you're like oh this is what i gotta do you know, I got to talk to these people. What are your steps that you're taking to figure those waters out? Or, you know, a lot of times you're fishing bottom. What, you know, how are you getting numbers and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, networking for sure. I mean, in no way would I say I would doing any of it myself. You know, definitely uh, just networking with, you know, a good group of guys that I've, you know, built relationships with over the years. You know, even guys, you know, I haven't talked to in a while, but, you know, I'll call this guy and be like, hey, what could you tell me? What do I need to know? You know, bad fishing, you know, fishing structure, bottom, uh, you know, which way do they like in the current? You know, it's another thing kind of we learned about DR, you know, they bite, you know, some, they bite in the current, you know, not with the current, you know, it's kind of, it's definitely a lot of little tricks that, you know, I've learned and, you know, just talking with guys before I went, even, with guys, you know, as I'm there, you know, it's, you know, you're always learning, you know, you can't just 
think that you have it dialed in. I, mean, I don't think anybody should, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just when I'm learning a new place, man, I'm asking, I'm learning, and you know, and then kind of figuring out from there. So, you're on a 70 Spencer. I mean, we got three prior three custom boot guys here and leo has the bayless so but a lot of people want to know about the custom versus production boots nowadays uh you know where where everyone leans towards and you know vikings getting better and better and better um you know i've fished on some viking boots and i ain't gonna lie i like them very much but what are you guys's preferences and you know the things you do and don't like about each of them you know stuff like that uh you know for me it's like if we got to order parts for our boot on a custom boot a lot of times they're custom parts you know so it's a lot harder to get a hold of um where my guys from viking they're like that work on viking boots they're like oh yeah we just call call the guys and be like i have a 64 and i need this part and they're like all right we'll get it to you yeah put it in the mail for you the same day problem. yeah <laughs> yeah but you know, Viking, Viking is doing some things right now that, in my opinion, they're just you know they're crushing it. I don't even think they can make yeah. they can't build boats fast enough right now. I mean, absolutely, custom guys can't build boats fast enough right now. Honestly, the way things have been. But uh, yeah, um, you know what? What do you guys when you're like, especially for you as a captain? You know, if someone called you and said, "Hey, can you come run my seventy-two Viking?" You know, what do you, is there going to be like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that, or are you going to jump at that opportunity, or what are you going to look at it and go, besides the money aspect, uh, you know, what's the benefits to each, the pros and cons list? I mean, for me, oh, me? yeah, you, I mean, go anybody ahead. really. Go. Oh, um. No, I mean, like you said, I mean, Viking, Viking's crushing it. I mean, you can't can't knock Viking. I mean, they put out fishing machines. Like you said, they can't build them fast enough. I mean, you have the luxury, like you said, of something goes wrong. You can pretty much get it taken care of uh, pretty fast. Um, but there's definitely something about a custom boat that, I'd say, separates um them from production boats like i said i'm not i don't take anything away from viking uh and i think some of the new vikings are beautiful i mean you see them at a distance and you know sometimes you could think that it is a custom boat um but the, definitely I mean, the frigate the frigate stocked right across from me um i believe it's a 72 um and Dude, I look at that thing all the time. And I'm like, that's actually a really, really good looking. It depends on each model. You know, I think Viking is really depend on the model. You know? Yeah. I mean, yes, but like you look at a '92, and the proportions on a '92 are yeah. actually yeah. pretty darn solid. You know, but you look at some of the custom boots that are building these bigger ones now, like Rybovich with that '94. I think they crushed it on the proportions. Uh, the boat looks really good and really clean. Um, but, you know, if you look at, like, I don't know, 
some some of those other big boats and you're like ah that house just looks giant or the bow looks tiny or something like that and you're just like something's off there you know and for us like on our 62 spencer i was actually told a story the other day they wanted a the guy who built it he wanted a 64 foot house on the 62 spencer so what they did was they moved that when they put the house on they didn't like it so they moved the house back a foot and cut the transom and then rebuilt the transom to add another foot to the back of the boat so the bow didn't look as short and that one foot made a giant difference i mean you can still tell the house is like a little big but it definitely the boat looks a lot better and which i was which one is that like you can't go to Oh, that's okay. the showtime. Okay. The 62. Um, that was... Well, I think you're going to have... You're going to have bad proportions with... Yeah. With custom boats as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, they're out there. Oh, yeah. They're I, definitely out there. I mean, I, I look at some and I'm like, whoa, that house is tiny and that bow looks huge. You know? Yeah. Or the house is too big and the bow is too small. I think the know? whole... The whole debate between the production and and custom it really depends on each model. Why? If you look at, for example, a 92 foot Viking, right? And I mean, we've all seen you've all seen it, right? It's like a cruise ship. I mean, the thing the thing barely gets on a plane. <laughs> it's like it's like completely in the water. It's barely barely on a plane. Whereas if you take take a 90 foot Haruko, it does 38 knot cruise. I mean, that's obviously ex- exception to the rule. But if you take like any other 90 footer, that's a custom. A 90 Bayless Singularis or any one of those. I mean, they just ride better because they're just built to, to, to ride better and ride better on plane, a little bit faster. Um, but then again, the 72 Viking is a beast. I mean, I've, 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 they're just beautiful boats. Especially the 72 and the 68, I think, are like the two statement models. I mean, those those two are just, you know, not to be trifled with. I think, I think the 62 is really nice too. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, the 62, I mean, yeah, the 62 is beautiful. Well, I can, I can tell you, I've been, I fished the Bahamas on a 56 um, a couple years ago, a 56 Viking, and it was like brand new. They had just bought the boat, and when I got on it, and I went down to look at like my crew quarters for the uh, couple weeks that I was over there, I looked at it, and I was like, dude, I, this feels like I'm on a 62-foot boat. There's so much room in here. You know, and I think a lot of that comes from their hull design with how it's a little wider. You get a little bit more feel, but even that 56, when you go in that 56, it feels about the same as the Showtime. You know, that 62-foot Spencer. You, I mean, they, they've they crushed it in optimizing every foot of that boot. You know, and I, th- I think you do sacrifice a little bit in the ride of that boot. We did get a little bit more of a pounding than we did on the Spencer boot, but at the same time, yeah, trade-offs are trade-offs, and if you want your luxury in your room for, you know, if you can only afford a 56-foot boot, why wouldn't you go with and one that feels I, like I a I think you also got to take into consideration you know, of like so. what you want, right? For example, with like if, if you want to go fast, you're going to pound when you go into a really rough sea because your boat's going to be light as hell, right? So like that Viking, you know, it's going to go, it's going to cruise a lot faster than a heavy custom boat but when it's you know blowing seven eight foot seas then 
I mean, uh, the perfect example would be our boat, which is the Heichang, which is hull six, hull six of the Bayless, which is a really heavy boat. I mean, we cruised 38, 30 knots flat. And we were, when we were in Los Sueños, we would get passed by the entire fleet. It was like crazy. Vikings would f just fly by us. But I know for a fact that if it was an eight foot sea, we would fly by all those Vikings. So I guess it really just depends on what you want. You know, do you want to go fast? Do you want to be the driest ride, uh, the, the best built boat? I think it depends on the customer and the owner at the end of the day. You know, if you're someone who really appreciates a boat that can do 30 knots and seven foot seas, then custom. But if, you know, you want to do a 38 knot cruise and yeah, then there yeah. you go. Yeah. Buy an FNS. Just, yeah. So, so Skip Jack, what's your FNS <laughs> like? What do you think about this topic? I mean, there's, I, I mean, I can't find a single thing wrong with this boat. I mean, it's amazing. It fishes well, it's fast, it rides great, it holds a lot of fuel. I mean, it's, I think it's an all around great boat. Hell yeah. But we had some questions coming to us about uh, some things going on in the cockpit. Like, you know, one of them that stuck out to me was the top reels for tournaments and all that kind of stuff. So people were asking about BFCs versus Tiernos versus TLD20s, all that kind of stuff. My boat, we use the Tiernos 20s and Tiernos 30s when we're Blue Marlin fishing, 20s when we're sail fishing. Um, you know, and we swapped over to BFCs when we were white marlin fishing in Ocean City. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's going to have their preference on this. Uh, I don't know what you guys use on your boats. Um, I prefer, you know, my favorite reel is a BFC. You know, but for for prospecting and stuff down here in South Florida when we're deadbeat fishing, um, you know, it's really hard not really hard to backlash a Tiernose 20, but it's definitely not as easy to backlash a Tiernose 20 when you're trying to cast it outside your long rigger as, or outside your dredge as trying to cast a BFC. You know, a BFC has a tendency to get some Yeah, those, those talicas, when they're in free spool, they're um, in free spool. I mean, they're smooth. Um, we actually, we took the, we went to Bucklands and took they have a 30 um, told me drag that. setting that you put in it. And I swapped all mine out on the 20s. And you know that click that you get when you go in the gear mm -hmm. on the yeah, BFCs? Jams. I'm sure you guys have felt it. Um, yeah, all that went away. It was like smooth as butter. Because my boss did not like the fact that you had that cam where it would pop in the gear. He hated that when he was feeding fish. So we called Buckland and had seven or eight of them shipped up and we threw seven threw them on and it was like boom, done. You know, and it took away the whole thing and the drag after that, we never had an issue with it and he loved it. I personally like them because of the fact of you know, when you're cranking a fish in, I mean cranking the bow out in a turn with a BFC is like it just feels so much faster. You know, then a tear nose, and I think they're like what seven, yeah, seven, three to insane. one on those, and they're insane. So, I mean, my preference lies with BFCs. I don't know what you guys use, Nick, when you guys are sail fishing um, off the kites. I don't know if that's any different for you guys, or you know, when you're in the DR, I'm sure you guys have 30s 
that you're pulling baits with. So, what do you guys prefer, I guess? Um, so on the Showtime, uh, we use BFCs. Um, on the Temptress, when we're trolling, we use Tyrannos. And then all 30s when we're trolling, but when we're kite fishing on the Temptress, I use Allotechnos. Um, I use Allotechnos right. my whole life. Um, I'm not going to say... I'm not gonna say they're better than a BFC, but I, I really do like Allotechnos for sail fishing, only for sail fishing. Uh, the 20s to me are it's just a, a great reel. I wouldn't say it's as fast, or it's not as fast, um, but I think it might be. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the really one using them, but I think they might be just more angler friendly. Um, I think less likely to backlash. Um, I like the drag on them. Um, but like, again, I'm not going to say I don't like the BFCs, uh, crazy fast. Um, I have felt that the drag, uh, sometimes doesn't say consistent. I would say, um, if you, if you change those cams on it, you'll, you'll fall in love with them. They're, that cam makes such a big difference. I think they're like 10 bucks or something like that. And it takes 20 seconds to do. It's it's well worth it. To be honest, I, I've, um, I've done, we have the Tyrannos on the, on the, on the Chama, but we, I've done the, I fished the BFCs on Big O and I've done the BFCs on the Betsy as well. Um, but what I also did was a spinning reel on the Betsy in the flat line. And that was crazy. <laughs> and, and that changed my perspective. I'm grateful for any conventional reel while that bait trolling because spinning with that bait trolling is no go. I'm never doing that again. I almost, I almost lost my finger. I managed to hook a blue with it, but whenever you open up the bail when you're trolling, it, the line just flies out. It was the first time I tried that and I was just completely intimidated. So, um, but, Excuse me? Well, you guys don't have spinners in Curacao. No. I, no. You guys don't have spinners in Curacao. That, like, that, was, that was a cool thing to do. I, I, I enjoyed it, but as, as, soon as, as soon as the blue was on the teaser, I, you know, obviously I cranked my bait up. But when I opened the bill, the line just, boom, like, it just flew from the, from, the, from, the, from the reel. I was like, what the fuck is this, you know? Um, but my, my preference would actually go to the TLDs because they, they don't require any, basically any maintenance at all. And we, we have the Tyrannos here and we had a bunch of issues with them here, especially as a program that's not a stateside a lot of the times. Just maintenance is just tough. So I would say TLDs, honestly. TLDs are like <laughs> war machines. I like them. I like them. You're gonna depend on them forever. Nah, I've, I fished. No, no. Yeah, don't, don't we had them on our bailers, but you know, he is gonna hate. <laughs> I, I personally, you know, the the Tyrannos twenties. Every you know, every year I break everyone down, just lubricate everything and go through it. Make sure my drags are right. If there's anything that's off, I'll send them to the guy at the shop and I'll be like, hey, this is what's wrong. I'll put a little tag on it and write, you know, this one, 
you know, it's stuck in free spool or it's locked up or something like that. And I'll just be like, hey, you know, and usually we get them back within a week and, you know, we're good to go. And I mean, they're pretty much for the most part bulletproof. I feel like the less you use them, the more issues you have uh, with the Tyrannos. Tyrannos, badass. Yeah, I, I really like them. Our 30s, you know, our 30s. I mean, you can't go wrong with them. It's. I used to look at them and be like, man, those are kind of ugly. But now I look at them <laughs> like, these are beautiful because I don't have to do too much shit to them. But I know a hot topic right now, especially on the Bill Fish Inc. page, is going to be the center consoles and Nick. You fished pretty much as many of them as <laughs> yeah, anybody We've else. already expressed our so opinions. We've already expressed our opinions on this. But Nick, you, 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 you ask everyone, so we have to ask you too. He's like, no. I don't have <laughs> no comment. Yeah. No comment. Fifth Amendment right. Oh, man. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's, they all have their pros and cons. I mean, they're all, you know, now it all depends really how you set them up as well. I think that has a lot to do it's with it. Props, um, but... Yeah, and just laying out, you know, where you put your launch or where you put the live wells, uh, things like that. I think that that goes, a, you know, a long way. Um, but I guess my two favorites yeah. are Invincible and CV. I mean, I, I I really do like the thirty nine, and I do like the forty two Invincible. Um, they're by, you know, they're both. I've done well in both boats. Um, I think they ride amazing. They maneuver amazing. Uh, the Invincible to me is really cool because the Invincible can basically be on plane at a low speed, which I really like. Uh, as whereas the CV really doesn't do that. Uh, the CV just wants to go, which is is good, and it, it'll eat it up. But the CV one like wants to go. It wants to run and you know put the tabs down and let it eat but you know i always don't want to run you know mach 10 everywhere i go but i do like the invincible where i could run at you know 25 knots and I, the, the bows down you know you know everybody has good visibility whereas if you're going 25 knots on a contender or a cv or yellowfin you know sometimes the bows up in the air and it's like it's weird, you know, you like everyone, you, no one can see except the guy up in the tower. So, Nick, since you forgot to I really mention, like Invincible for that, right? The opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect that of the Team Showtime or that of Team Trump. To <laughs> I said, since you forgot to mention it, you know, What's the, that? the opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect that of Team Showtime or Team Temptress. <laughs> Yeah, Perfect. exactly. Yeah, there you go. Now you're set. You can say whatever you want now. But all right, so I guess that's going to take us to our highlight of the week. Uh, Nick, we'll let you go first. Uh, I mean, I can only guess what yours is going to be. Um, but your highlight from last week, you know, what was the, the top moment for you? Uh, we'll let you start it off. Oh, man. Top moment. Um, 
I'd say the two top moments on um, on the day two for us. I would say, like I, I kind of mentioned earlier, um, getting going down the Ocean Reef when the whole pack, except uh, Tito, me and Tito were at Ocean Reef and Sammy. Uh, but I'd say that free jumper, first minute, you know, bite right short. I'd say that really got, you know, just put a lot of confidence in the decision I made or we made as a team uh, to go there. Uh, I'd say that was really, that was special. Just, that, that just really kind of makes you feel good. The first one to me is always the hardest. You know, if you could catch that first one early in the morning, that kind of always feels good. When it takes you a couple hours, you know, sometimes and it happens, it takes you two, three hours to get your first bite. You know, that, it always sucks because then you're like, oh, I started in the wrong spot. You know, I, I could have did this, I could have that. And then you start getting in your own head and then you make a move that you don't really believe. And then you're, then you, you start chasing the bite and things could go south. But uh, I'd say that was the first one. And the second one I'd say was um, like right around 12 o'clock, we caught some fish. We were doing well. And then we uh, raised a six banger, wow. and that was that was special. Uh, that really, when that happened, that was like, all right. Not only, you know, do I think we're gonna win the jacket again? And I was like, man, we could we could probably be close to winning this whole thing right now. Uh, so that was I'd say that was our highlight. Yeah, well, I think we all want to say congratulations if we didn't already. Um, you know, it's that's badass. Three out of four is definitely special. Um, congratulations to the whole Showtime crew and the and team you. remix as well. Um, you guys absolutely crushed it, not only this year, but the past couple of years. Your contention again last year. Um, you know, and shout out to Raul as well for pulling that off. That's a big deal as well. But, I tried yeah. to give it to the Steve guys Jack, with Donald Lucy over man? in Capcana. I mean, those guys caught 15 whites, 15 four fifteen on white marlin. Broke the new... Broke the new record for uh, Dominican, wow. I believe, they for are, White Marlin. They are good, man. I, I know them personally. Those guys are – they've been around for a Hi. long time. A long, long time. They used to have the 56-foot <coughs> FNS. Do you remember that, Skip Jack? I think I do. What's that, Bill? Oh, I don't know if yeah, I can yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, they have a 58 coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A 58 they, they, coming right now. They but used to I, have I 56. I don't know if that's hush hush or not. But, dude, these guys were – I mean, they were the pioneers in the whole debt bait world over there. I mean, everything from, like, you know, pulling squid dredges and, and, and that whole revolution in the industry, like, they were kind of always, you know, hooking fish in reverse. Like, they were always on top of that. Um, my highlight of the week was definitely sitting at home watching Nick win. <laughs> <laughs> that was my highlight of the week for sure. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I channeled your energy through me. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw my highlight out to the week to the showtime as well. Uh, not the one with the exclamation point. Um, our fishing did not go so hot, so definitely not us. Uh, but, no, congratulations, guys. And You know, I, I got a phone yeah. call from Leo. He's like, That's man, right. I won the bet. Because on the last podcast, we all bet on who we thought was going to win. He just had to rub that one in my yeah. face a little bit, so 
Why? Who'd you pick? I picked the Navy Sun. <laughs> I did it for Skipjack, uh, though, so I'm, I'm kind of waving off. Uh, that. come on. I'm putting that on Skipjack. So, <laughs> it was hard to bet against Art. I was like, man, it was hey, like, he's... I'm not going to lie, you know, Art was, Art was at a insane year, man. Uh, he was on fire, really. He, <laughs> it was an incredible year for him. Uh, so, yeah, to beat him, definitely, uh, I knew it was going to be tough. So I knew we had to really have a banger tournament, you know, for it to make to make it happen. So, long, yeah, props to the Native Sun, man. They had a great year. Well, <laughs> you should never bet against I just, the family, I, I Chase. Never bet, yeah, that's Godfather, yeah, Never go against the family. Hey, I'm going with my family, Native Sun. Dad's right, on it. Fair enough. <laughs> Can't go against family. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Net. Next year, I'm, I'm going Damn. back to the showtime for everyone. No, no, no. I like some doubters. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Skip Jack, for joining the year as well. We appreciate it.